Welcome to our latest episode of New Teacher Talk. Are you a new teacher in an urban, suburban, or rural school? We're here to support you. This podcast channel is intentionally designed to help those who are new to teaching. We talk about the most common challenges that educators experience. And you'll find a community of support through this channel and our associated webpage, newteachersguide.org, and our Twitter account, at newteachertalk1. We're the host for New Teacher Talk. I'm Dr. Anna. My passion is supporting teachers as they establish and expand their practice to advance student learning. I'm a board-certified early childhood generalist. And I'm Beth, former high school band director and current educator who values the role new teachers play in school and in the lives of their students. If you're listening to this podcast, either you are or will be a new teacher in the near future. Or for others, you might be a new teacher mentor or induction coordinator. It's no secret that becoming a teacher and being successful is a challenge. One of the most common challenges is developing relationships with students their families, and your new colleagues. We have three respected educators as our guests today to talk about that very topic. Deepthi Karod, Dustin Wright, and Nancy Becker. Thank you for being here. To kick things off, would you share with us who you are and your deep interest in the topic of relationship building and communication? Deepthi, would you start Good morning. I'm really thrilled to be here today. My name is Deepthi Karod, as you said. I'm an assistant professor at University of the Incarnate Word in San Antonio, Texas. I used to teach elementary school for about 10 years. I taught kindergarten and fourth grade, and I've been a teacher actually for about 20 years. I have a deep and abiding interest in relationships because as many of us feel in the world of teaching, relationships are the core and the foundation of a good teaching relationship. It's relationships with our students, relationships with our colleagues, and all the others, you know, all the staff, the families that we work with. Communication is such an important part of relationship building. I've increasingly been focusing on listening to understand I used to be someone who'd speak a lot, and I've been trying to listen a lot more and make the listening count. I think I'll pause there and uh, pass it back to you, Anna. Thank you, Deepthi. Dustin, would you go ahead and share how you are interested in the topic of relationship building as a principal? Yes, thank you so much, and good morning to everyone, and good morning to the listeners, and as new teachers uh, who make up this audience, um, I just want to say a big thank you for, for entering the field of education and for your commitment to our students. I'm a principal at a middle school uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. I've also been an elementary principal and a middle school teacher. Throughout all of those experiences, this idea of relationship building and communication has been at the core of my work. As a building leader now, I think it is one of the most critical things that we can do to support our students and to support our families. Thank you, Dustin. Nancy, would you share your perspective from a school counselor's role? Thank you so much for including me. I am a licensed clinical social worker who recently retired from 32 years uh, practicing in a high school outside of Chicago. For most of those 32 years, I would supervise second year master's level students who were interested in working in school. And just like Deepti and Dustin, relationship building and communication are just the basis of what school social workers do. 
because relationships are involved when you're talking about from student to teacher, from student to student, which so many teachers monitor those relationships. Let's talk about the start of the school year. And given what's occurred since March 2020, it's going to take a lot to build relationships. So Nancy, I'd like to stay with you and ask you, how can new teachers build relationships with students and families to get this year off to a strong start or to get any year off to a great start? And the best teachers I know will do that. And they've been doing that for years. And they will use either the entire first meeting with students to do relationship building, or they'll use a few minutes at the beginning of every class for a long time to continue that process of getting to know other students. So you've got teachers sharing about themselves. I think it's really important for people to be transparent in that way. Again, some of the most loved teachers, students know who they are. They know where they stand. They know about some of their interests and their, and their backgrounds. And also being a facilitator to have students get to know each other, especially during this time when you've got students who haven't been in the classroom at the same time or physically been together. This is going to be a time where it's going to be so essential to help students meet each other again or new students. You've got transfer students. So having those opportunities, those exercises to get to know each other, I think is really important. Just one specific exercise I like is when a teacher will ask students to give information from an index card that might have information that could be private between the teacher and the student. And it might be things like, what are your likes? What are your dislikes? What would you like me to call you in class? Some people have preferred names or they have nicknames. What are some things I need to know about you regarding your history with this topic? And also, what is something I might need to know about you that you want me to know specifically or that I should know if I ever call home? Those kinds of things just help break that ice. Dustin, why don't you share more about your ideas about how new teachers can build relationships with the families and students, especially to get the school year off to an excellent start? I would just like to echo one of the things that Nancy said about reminding our new teachers to definitely to put that focus on helping the students build the relationships with each other. Um, it's been a long 18 months where they've been very disconnected. So we want to reconnect with them as the educators, but be sure to reserve that time to help them connect with each other. I would say as we begin the year, some of the things that we're wanting to do as we come back is to really focus on figuring out where our students are. And what I would encourage our new teachers to think about is we want to know where they are from an academic perspective, but also spend that time to figure out where they are behaviorally, where they are social, emotionally, and then meet them there. Wherever they're coming in on that first day is perfect. It's absolutely where they need to be. And then our job as the educators is to find out that spot and figure out how they can grow from there. As we think about the different supports we can put in, I think one of the key ways to do that is that classroom community that you're building. Make sure it has that sense of not only the physical safety that goes without saying in our, in our current state, but also that psychological safety. And you're going to be building that on those very first interactions with those parents and students as they meet you on a Zoom call, they go to an open house, they come in on that first day of school, you're going to be setting that tone that this is a place where they can feel safe, they can be valued, they can feel seen and, and heard. What I'm taking from 
your response as well as Nancy's is the importance of communication. Communication, whether it's getting information on an index card and being able to refer back to that, communicating in your classroom to create that culture that's welcoming and calming, especially after a very difficult 18, 19 months of many people being away from the classroom. What about you, Deep D? You know, you work with pre-service students and you know they're going out into the schools now for field experiences. And what advice do you have for new teachers to build relationships with students and families, especially as they start the academic year? Beth, I love this question that you asked. And as I'm li- I was listening to Nancy and Dustin, I could hear this message of showing that we genuinely care. When I talk to our pre-service teachers and any teachers who are practicing even, that's the thing I hear from them because they want to convey that care. That's why they're in, that's why we are all in this profession of teaching. And I like to remind them that as well. The most important thing we can do with our students and our students' families is from the get-go, really show them that we genuinely care about them as human beings. We've heard many wonderful ways to do that from Nancy and Dustin. And to that, I would add, especially for the younger grades, parent surveys are often very helpful with young children to get to know, especially those who are just in their first few grades of school. This year, after the pandemic, I would extend that definitely to first and second grade too, because many of these children haven't been in school before. And it's so important to gain the valuable insights that we can only gain from the family surveys about their children, right? Asking, tell me what's important about your child. What's something they enjoy doing at home? These are the insights that we cannot gain or they from just seeing them in school, but we can round out our knowledge of the children in our class, in our care by understanding these things from their parents. We can ask them what they're concerned about for the school year. And then I would say also ask, even with very young children, we want to ask the students about their own opinions as well. Nothing shows care, like someone showing that they value your opinion and your voice. You know, what are you excited about this year? What do you really hope we learn about this year? How do you feel? What are you concerned about anything or worried about anything? One other thing I'd like to talk about here is there's the communication we have with our students and with their families. There's also a very another important communication we have, which is within ourselves or a communication with ourselves. And uh, so I'd like to share a practical strategy that I have used ever since I started teaching. And it's helped me a lot, which is at the end of the first week, I make a list of all of my students and I only leave myself one line. And in that one line, I ask myself, why was the student sent to my class? What can I give or share? Because teaching is a service profession. So what am I here? How can I serve this student? I'm not asking in the ways of teaching them the alphabet or teaching addition or multiplication, but as a human being, and how am I serving this student? I do this purposely in the first week. I don't know them very well, but after five days or a couple of days, I've gotten to know them a little bit. Pull that sheet out. I keep it in the same binder where I use, you know, keep paperwork and grades and things. And it helps me come back and remind myself to look at that, that student in front of me as a human being first. I appreciate that thought that you give to the humanness of the people that we work with. Too often teachers, it's not that they don't care, but they don't often think deeply about the impact that they have on the students that are in their classes. 
So it's interesting, too, that we have perspective from an early childhood perspective to a middle school perspective to working with high school students and how similar your thoughts have been along with the advice you've given. So what have you found to be some of the most effective ways to communicate with students, their families, other colleagues that you work with in the school? I think there's lots of things to that are going to help with this communication piece, but I'm going to pick up on something that Nancy said earlier, which might be not the answer you're expecting me to give around communication, because I think we often think about that in terms of what's coming out of us, what we're saying, what we're sending. I would say a, a big role to communication for um, our new teachers is just that idea of listening, listening to our students, listening to the families, listening to our colleagues. And you know, make sure that we're really listening, actively listening, not not thinking about while they're talking what we're going to say next, but make sure that we hear what's coming across. And most importantly, that the person we're listening to feels heard. That idea of active listening is a key component of the communication with all those groups that were mentioned. As you're working towards that high quality communication, give yourself some grace and know that it's a busy time of year and doing the best you can is going to be great. I love what Dustin said about the listening. I'm going to build on that as well a little bit. Many times when we're listening and then expressing ourselves afterwards in response, as we're listening to ourselves, we might find ourselves saying things that we later think about, you know, we replay conversations in our minds. And I remember, especially as a new teacher, there were many times that I didn't really know how to handle a particular conversation. And I'd replay it at the end of the day or at night. And then I think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I should say this instead. A point Dustin made also about giving yourself some grace is very important. When we're talking about you know, effective communication, remember that it's a process. There's always time to circle back. Go back to a parent or a student or a colleague and say, you know, I want to add on to that. Or I was thinking about this later. And I think that part's really important because we do expect a lot of ourselves. And we know that we're leaders in our classroom. Now for a few practical tips, just from the, especially from the early childhood realm, always remember the physicality of our communications as well. Not just as Dustin said, what comes out of our mouth, but what are our bodies doing in space? So for instance, let's remember to get down physically so that we are speaking eye to eye. And it really helps address that power imbalance that we may not realize but a child whose height is at our hip, when we're towering over them, we don't mean to tower over them or feel intimidating, but we might. And so physically getting at their eye level, when we're talking with family members, you know, who are sitting at a table, for instance, sitting side by side safely, of course, with pandemic uh, in place right now, but, um, you know, that kind of thing, rather than across of a table, it gives that physical idea as well or support to what we're trying to express through our words is that here we're on the same side. Nancy, would you share some of the skills that you have as a social worker to assist in conversations and communication with families? Yeah, I would love to. And I just want to say that this is such a, a mutual admiration group here. I am loving learning from Dustin and Deepji. This has just been a treat for me so far as well. I mentioned this previously, but I think that as teachers or any adults that have direct contact with students, just sharing things about yourself, 
letting people know that you're human. When we talk about things like classroom expectations and being clear in that, but then to admit, like Deep Tea was just talking about, we as adults can be wrong and we can learn from that and we can admit it and we can grow from it and we will honor it, we'll name it and we'll move on. And that's a great model for students to have as well. So I love that example. And I think that when we have that opportunity to model that to students, they see that we as adults are human and that we're in the mix with them. I love that. The one thing that I always want teachers to be able to do with students at the very beginning is to identify strengths and to praise students. Because again, in this time right now, fall of 2021, students might be hesitant of uh, what they've lost in the last couple of months. And so being able to praise, praise, praise students. And I love it when at the very beginning of the year, teachers can identify strengths with students or good things or compliment them and really point out great things that they're doing or have said or have turned in. And then I would also, you asked about um, communication with family at the beginning of the year, finding excuses to contact family members to praise their child. This just sets up a great relationship, open communication. And frankly, it also helps when you need to contact a parent. If there is any concerns, you've already established a relationship of admiration of that child so that maybe they're a little bit more open to hearing when there's a concern or a conflict. Nancy, I'd like to extend your thinking here. You've been giving some very pragmatic suggestions for working with students and families. From a new teacher's perspective, they're also going to be working with peers, support personnel like yourself, social workers, and others in the building, as well as administrators. How should new teachers develop relationships with those entities. Yes, that's a great point. And especially as we get into from middle school into high school, when staff become more separated, that's just a key. Sometimes you all will agree with this, that sometimes it's the support staff, the support personnel that know the students best. So it's the secretaries that know who comes in late all the time or who forgets their lunch or who comes in a little disheveled or who gets off the bus already in a bad mood. So some of these staff members are the great opportunities to consult or to work with about students' needs. And so we really want to develop relationships with support personnel because it's all in the mix as, as well in regards to supporting our students. And then the other thing that I would say, and I feel very strongly about this, that administration need to know what you as a school personnel are doing. It's really not about them knowing so that they're evaluating you. It's knowing so that they can understand what you're doing, so that they can support you, so that they can mentor you, and that they also know this in regards to supervising you or evaluating you. And keeping people informed about what you're doing is really key in the whole building culture. Keeping people informed is very much a part of relationship building. It's about communication. Excellent point, Nancy. Let's go to Dustin. You're an admin at the middle school level. You've been an administrator at the elementary level. Talk to us about what new teachers should know about developing relationships with peers and support personnel and possibly other admins in the building. I think the network of colleagues that you develop as a new teacher is going to be one of the biggest supports that you have as you go through that first year or those first couple of years, but then as you continue to grow. 
You know, when we're talking about collaboration in the schools that I'm fortunate to work at, we're talking about working and learning alongside each other. So that idea of continuing to grow and continuing to learn, that starts initially with ourselves, but then the, the key way that it happens is with our colleagues. As we focus on those relationships, thinking about always treating people the way we want to be treated. You know, you might be a new teacher where there's a paraprofessional in that classroom or an instructional assistant, or you might be interacting with a custodian or a bus driver. And, and we want to be thinking about, you know, that we're all on the same team. We're all there to support the teachers and we're all there to, to support students and support those families. Thinking about how you interact with the administrators um, or the supervisors in your building um, is knowing that uh, hopefully you're working in a situation where it's okay to ask those questions. The, the young teachers that I work with, so one of the first things that, that I say when we bring them on or in, in those first weeks of the school year is, is, uh, is as I tell them, I want you asking lots of questions. I want you saying, I don't know. All those things are okay. As the leader, I need to model that, that I need to model doing that on my own. I need to ask those questions. I need to show that vulnerability, but I also need to create that, that sense of safety amongst our staff that it's okay to do that. Um, that the, there's not going to be, you know, and I told you so later on, but the, this idea of asking questions, reaching out to others so we can continue that learning is a great way to start and, and, and a great way to foster those relationships with your colleagues. I continue to hear this thread of communication throughout responses. In this case, communicating with all people in the building. You are all better by having that team effort. What about you, Deep D? Give us the perspective from the elementary level. You know, what does that look like? One of the challenges of being a new teacher in an elementary school is you can quickly feel very isolated. And first, you're in your own bubble. In the first days of school, typically you are surrounded by tissue boxes and hand gels and Play-Doh and all these sorts of supplies that have come in. And you're trying to make sense of that and the paperwork and getting to know the students and the schedule and everything, it feels overwhelming. It's really important to set yourself up to push yourself out of your own bubble And then often we will go to the grade level. And a lot of times teachers, especially new teachers, kind of tend to stay there. And that becomes their comfort zone is just their grade level teachers or their teachers of their own hallway or that kind of thing. Really important to build positive relationships and respectful relationships. Again, that idea is see everybody as humans first, whether it's the bus drivers, the custodians, the cafeteria workers the other resource teachers at your school and your administrators. Some days they are also struggling like you are. And as Nancy said, I think earlier that many of them have, they've all probably been there longer than you. And many of them know these kids and their families. So just to be listening for those things. One thing I remember I didn't understand as a new teacher is there are often hierarchies in a building that already exist before you got there and or kind of relationship patterns. And this is kind of nuanced and it's a little tough to get a handle on, but becoming aware of that slowly is important as well. So we don't have to become trapped by that. We don't have to become defined by the patterns that already exist Hopefully you're in a school where there's really strong and positive, affirming leadership. But there are sometimes, in a, especially in a state where we're all coming back into in-person learning after such a long time and in a difficult period, things can unravel 
And it's important for us to keep in mind that everybody is human and not to get stuck in those things and to reach out in a positive way. And so I wanted to say that sometimes I have collaborated with other teachers in ways that they later told me, wow, nobody respected me as someone who'd have academic content knowledge. For instance, there was a PE coach we used to work on teaching uh, math together for my fourth graders, for instance, or the music teacher. And I did that with spelling and math. And so we might find lovely friends and collaborators all across of our school if we're keeping our eyes open, ears open, and our hearts open for that. I love that. And if I could interject a moment, because again, there's so much great information going on here. DP, I couldn't agree with you more about new teachers being aware that they're stepping into an existing system and to be able to look at that and learn from it and better understand it. And I also love what Dustin said about being able to admit, I don't know. And this is where I would like to also remind new teachers to get to know related service staff in the building. So you've got perhaps access to counselors or again, social workers, deans, depending on what level school you're at. And especially students with special education with IEPs to be able to understand what their plan says and who are their service providers. And if you don't know what a goal is or if you don't know what they're doing in, let's say, occupational therapy or physical therapy or speech therapy, ask those colleagues what do they do so that you can support them in your classroom. And it's okay not to know their profession, just as they might not understand what you're teaching, but to be able to ask those questions so that, again, you're servicing the student in the best manner possible. Nancy, I really appreciate that you brought up all of the related services professionals, because as a primary teacher, I found that by talking with the speech path or the OT or the PT, that I was able to learn things not only about that student, but also about other students who might not qualify for those services, but some techniques and ways that I could support other students learning within my classroom. So those relationships are so enriching for new teachers. We appreciate your listening to today's first part of this podcast on relationship building. We hope you'll join us again to hear the second half and ideas shared by our panelists. Be sure to follow us on Twitter or DM us at newteachertalk1. And remember, as a new teacher, we are here to help you.